now, welcome to the Ray Millennial Show, starting Ray the Millennial. And we're live. Now, welcome to the show with your favorite millennial, Ray the Millennial. Now, as always, if any of you are interested in being a guest of the show, feel free to email me at ray.millennial at protonmail.com. That's R-A-Y dot M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L at protonmail.com. If anyone is interested in being a sponsor, feel free to email me at the same place. Uh, we This show, this episode's a doozy. We got a lot going on. I'm very excited for this next episode. I'm very passionate about this next topic. This next topic is about the learning process. That's right. In making this episode, I... I asked myself some some tough questions, some very hard questions. Now, why make a podcast? Because I'll tell you why. I'm I'm just selling the sawdust, okay? This is research that I do on my own time anyway. Like I said, I talk to myself anyway, and I also do research on my time. Uh, what I come to find, uh, it's actually really difficult to talk to yourself and really difficult to make it entertaining not not i'm saying this show is entertaining that would be the last thing i want to imply but uh you know dedicated research actually occupies a lot of your time which by the way not everyone is going to appreciate not everyone is going to appreciate your endless hours of research the people that matter are the ones who reciprocate your sacrifice for more knowledge now, there are people out there that meet your endless, tire, tiring hours of research with an unenthusiastic, deflating, huh, that's neat. Well, anyway, that got me thinking, now what is the learning process? What does it entail? Now, neuroscience is a complex and broad subject, but as I try to do with all my other shows, I hope to provide references that you guys can explore on your own. I also try to provide practical advice that can hopefully benefit you in your daily life. Uh, As always, grab a pen and paper because I got a lot of references for you. Like I said, I'm very excited to share this with you. Now, the first book I recommend, I've mentioned it before on the show, It's called Subliminal, How Your Unconscious Mind Rules Your Behavior by Leonard Mladenov. Now, this book is a nice introduction to the decision-making process of the brain. This book is meant to give a more concrete explanation on human nature by exploring the physicality of the brain, therefore presenting the reasoning or lack thereof behind our decisions. Subliminal is a nice way to objectively tie together all previous observances of human behavior. I recommend it. It's a great book. Um, It talks about how the unconscious mind um, is actually very much at work, even when we're not aware of it. Uh, Moving on here. Um... Now, some of you may roll your eyes at this, but I'm going to reference Joe Rogan. That's right, JRE interviews. The first of which uh, is Dr. Andrew Huberman. Huberman? 
if I'm not mistaken, I believe he is a neuroscientist. And that is JRE number 1513. And he talks about neuroplasticity. Now, neuro, what is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity is the uh, physical malleability of the brain. And again, I hope I didn't butcher that too much. I mean, do scientists listen to this show? I, I doubt it. Uh, anyway, the show, Andrew Huberman, number 1513, uh, you know, JRE episodes are three hours long. But basically what I got out of the episode is the younger we are, the more malleable our brains are, meaning our brains can more easily jump from one subject to another, no problem. And the older that we get, the harder it is to do, to do that physically, physically speaking. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, physically speaking. Um, it, uh, the show, what I also got from this show is that children learn easier because learning happens through play. Now, I would I'd be interested to have somebody on the show that would probably elaborate more on this because uh, when I was in college, uh, had a lot of non-traditional students, meaning adults, that they weren't there to mess around. They got there, they sat in front of the class, had that one friend, the only friend that they talked to, they they got their A pluses and they moved on. They got their career. They weren't there to, to, to you know, they were there to learn what they needed to learn. Anyway, now what I also got from this Andrew Huberman, number 1513 interview, was that proper sleep is probably the single most important thing we can do to increase our learning abilities, which brings me to this next uh, Joe Rogan interview by I think Dr. Matthew Walker. I think he's a doctor. Dr. Matthew Walker, number 1109. Now, Dr. Matthew Walker is a sleep specialist. Now, what I got from this show uh learned some pretty interesting facts but what i got is the lack of sleep is more dangerous than the benefits of sleep now i'm going to include a couple links in the description that shows that the world health organization more specifically the international agency for research on cancer designated the graveyard shift as a class 2a carcinogen now if you just want the short version, if you don't want to read through the articles that I'm going to link in the description, you should look up Shift Work Class 2A. And uh, there's going to be various articles explaining how shift work that disrupts the circadian rhythm is classified as a probable carcinogen. The target for sleep is supposed to be eight to 10 hours. And uh, sleep affects everything we do. So I highly recommend the show. Please refer to the show for more details. And I've this next book, I've mentioned this book on the show before, and it is called Mastery by Robert Greene. And amongst the 
various topics he discusses in the books. He also uh, talks about the anatomy and function of the brain. And you can see on page 259 where Robert Greene says, the brain is literally altered after 10,000 hours of practice. 10,000 hours equates to roughly five years, I believe. Robert Greene also explains that intuition happens after about 20,000 hours of practice. Now, there's this app, this little app called YouTube that I want you to check out. And while you're on this uh, little app called YouTube, I want you to check out a documentary called The Smash Brothers. That's right. I'm a huge Super Smash Brothers fan. And um, uh, basically what it is, uh, it's basically a fighting game. Okay. Okay, I know some of you are rolling your eyes. It's not a fighting game. Yeah, well, basically, basically, for those of you who don't know, it's a fighting game. And this documentary is a documentary about a fighting game. Go figure, okay? It's uh, this new and exciting realm called eSports, which, by the way, it brings in billions of dollars a year. But that's not important. What's important is that you watch this documentary, and I... I love this documentary. It showcases how I think I like it because uh, I grew up in in the same era as uh, that this Super Smash Brothers Melee game came out, and these uh, these titans of industry, or they call them Smash Gods, are the cream of the cream when it comes to this video game called Super Smash Brothers Melee and there's about five or six of them that are you know all-time greatest Smash gods or whatever or whatever you want to call them uh, it's interesting to see how how they all kind of they all come from different very different walks of life um but in the end they're they all meet at this final destination called super smash brothers melee they attain a level of skill uh which is very difficult to attain it's especially playing that video game that video game is a very difficult game not only to learn but to master um, well, well what's the point uh, there's like I said they all come from different walks of life it's interesting to see how they get there uh, one such guy his name is uh, Jason Zimmer okay and uh, in case some of you didn't know, in the video game world, there's these things called gamer tags. And a gamer tag is basically a screen name. That's kind of like your nickname, right? And uh, Jason Zimmer's nickname is Mewtwo King or M2K for short. That's like a nickname within a nickname. But anyway, this, this M2K character, man, that guy is my hero. It... 
M2K, if you're listening, feel free to email me at ray.millennial at protonmail.com. I would love to have him on the show. Now, M2K, Mewtwo King, through this documentary, Mewtwo King has taught me the value of the grind. And because uh, there's some some of those guys are just naturally talented. They just pick up the controller and, oh, guess what? I already knew how to play this. I didn't even know this game existed before, but I already knew how to play this. That was not the case with uh, M2K. M2K, uh, you know, according to the documentary, I guess he sucked at the game at first. And it's very inspiring because it showed that he put hours and hours and hours. And even to this day, he's, uh, check him out. He has his own Twitch channel. Uh, Like I said, M2K, I would love to have you on the show. It would be an honor. Um, anyway, moving on, there's a, a documentary on Netflix that I would really like you guys to check out. It's called The Surrounding Game. Now, The Surrounding Game is a docu- documentary documentary about a game called Go. Now, what the heck is Go? Excuse me. Go is basically... In layman's terms, Chinese chess. Now, it seems very simple to play on the outset, but it is probably a million times more complicated to play than chess. I know chess is a complicated... Chess is a very mathematical game to play, right? Go is is very strategic and it's very time-consuming. It's just a very difficult game to play. Um, so my hats go off to those who are actually very good at it. This documentary, um, follows the path of this, this young man that becomes the U.S. champion and he goes on to be part of the world go federation on the global level because he's just so good at it uh, at the beginning of the documentary you can see he's playing like like 60 games at once and like that's that to me is that he is probably like more machine than man i'll tell you what um but by the end of the documentary we see what happens to uh each of our protagonists and the main protagonist goes on to pursue a career in finance and now is that any wonder is that any wonder he pursues a career in finance it's fitting because both go and finance deal with showing an immense ability of organizing abstract concepts And I don't want to get too off topic. Like all this, trust me, dude, it it just it just shows what the human brain is capable of. Uh, like I said, I'm big into video games. Um, there's this one video game called Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And 
in the video game community, for those who are not aware, there's this. This is for ultra, super, duper gamers that want to show that they're the best gamers. They're better than the average gamer. And since uh, they want to compete with other gamers, they want to show how better they are. They do a thing called speed running. Now, speed running is... Oh wow, I did not plan to talk about this, but speed running is when you seek to be so good at this one video game that you can beat it from A to Z, from zero to 100, faster than anybody else. That's what speed running is. Not only that, not only do people obsess over being the best at this one video game, but there are people that can do it blindfolded. And there's stories that I've heard that, and this is just goes to show you how incredible the human brain is. A little boy that was blind. He spent enough time with the video game and he was able to not only play it, but he was also able to beat it, which is pretty incredible. If you, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to play a video game without looking at it. It just so it just goes to show you the capability of the human brain. Um another show I really enjoyed in more recent times is The Queen's Gambit and you can find that on Netflix. Now, The Queen's Gambit is probably like one of the more popular ones. A lot of pro a lot of people have probably heard of it. Uh so the Queen's Gambit is based partially off of Bobby Fischer. Now Bobby Fischer was the US champion champion chess champion for the longest time. Um, you got to be honest, the US is probably on you know, on a worldwide scale we're we're not that good at chess, okay? So what made Bobby Fischer so great was that he was from the US. Anyway, legend has it that although Bobby Fischer already possessed an immense talent for the game, a natural talent, legend has it that Bobby Fischer would study chess obsessively on his quote-unquote free time. So even though he was already a master, he already knew it from the top of his head, he already knew it intuitively because of his talent, he would still spend time with it. He would still obsess over it. Now, I the reason I really like the Queen's Gambit is it shows you the other side of what can happen when you're too obsessed in your craft. And the show does a good job of portraying Beth Harmon as the quote-unquote tortured genius. And showing the sacrifices of becoming a master at your craft in other words well this is what i got from the show it can be very lonely your intuition can separate you from the rest of society just because of where you stand intellectually moving on this is something more practical that you can do 
uh, to kind of heighten your learning abilities. Now I want to talk about psychedelics. Okay. And if you can get a hold of psilocybin, I, I highly recommend microdosing as an aid of learning. And as I've said before, there has been newfound scientific research giving credibility to psilocybin in aiding with neurogenesis and also with aiding in the treatment of PTSD. Now, uh, what I've come to find is that psilocybin is legal in Canada, but Canada does not ship outside Canada. They only ship within Canada. And I've talked about this in my other shows. Um, so if you want to learn about more about psilocybin, make sure you listen to the other episodes. I want to talk about some personal experiences. Um, now, this a lot of this is just stuff I learned from college, which is arguably probably like the most stressful time in anyone, any one person's life is um, just gaining this new skill set, learning how to manage your time between what once was and adopting this new lifestyle that you have earned through your intellectual ability. Taking the time, taking the time to learn something takes time. Yeah. Learning takes time. You have to spend a little bit of time with it every day in order for it to commit to your memory. If there's a practical tip that I can give you today is that just do a little bit of it every day. And with repetition, it is inevitable that you will learn whatever it is you're trying to learn. The sacrifice, however, comes with switching around your routine, switching around your schedule in order to accommodate learning this new thing. So that's why as you get older, it becomes harder, not because not because your brain is deteriorating. The sacrifice becomes, like I said, the stuff that you own starts to own you and it becomes harder and harder to carve out time for yourself, time to learn new skills because you're just so bogged down with bullshit the older that you get. So when I was in college, I learned something called Edgar Dale's Cone of Learning. Uh, basically, it's a there's a diagram called the Cone of Learning or the Pyramid of Learning that shows the commitment of information into our brains decreases the less hands are hands on we are. So this diagram shows that we only absorb 20 to 30% of the information imparted by lectures, which equate to hearing words and looking at pictures. I also had a communications 101 textbook, and I forgot the name, please forgive me, that shows that the further away that we sit from the speaker, the less information we absorb. Even though we sit at the front, closest to the speaker, we're only absorbing 60% of what that speaker is saying. 
So combine that with Edgar Dale's cone of learning. Even if we sit at the front, we are only absorbing 60% of the 20% of what the person is saying. In other words, the more hands-on and the more involved we are with our craft, the more it's going to retain into our memory. Now, there's also a phenomenon called decision fatigue, and uh, I don't have a specific study to reference, okay? You're just gonna have to trust me on this one. There's a study where I found that judges tended to make lower quality decisions the later in the day it got. Your brain gets tired just as the rest of your body does. And I want you to take that into consideration the next time you're having surgery. Now I would even take this a step further and say, the good quality decisions don't happen until the coffee kicks in. Let's talk about diet and supplements. Um, at this point, I'm just giving you practical tidbits that I do. Uh, I try to have a consistent diet, which uh, due to palate fatigue, look that up, it's very difficult. It's, uh, you know, I just get tired of eating the same thing every day. It's just inevitable that you have to switch it up. But as much as you can, try to eat the same thing at the same time every day. Uh, specifically, try to cut out sugar. Try to cut out sugar especially. Supplements that I have personally used, I've used Lion's Mane for uh, over two months now. And I can say from personal experiments, experience and experiment, from personal experience, Lion's Mane is like throwing kerosene on a fire. It's just for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a type of mushroom that helps in neurogenesis. I would also try psilocybin, but I have not tried psilocybin just for the simple fact that I have not got my hands on it. But if I had a constant supply, trust me, I would be microdosing like there's no tomorrow. I also seen great effects with uh, spirulina and chlorella. Uh, the thing is with all these uh, supplements, you have to make sure that they're free of heavy metals because then that can cause more bad than good. Now, I'm, I'm gonna start closing it down here. I would say the single most important tip in learning is to have a support system and watch other people do the thing you so desire to learn. In doing so, you take solace in the fact that it is not impossible. Whatever you're trying to learn is being done by another human in front of your own eyes. Some people call it envy. If that person can do it, then why the fuck can't I, right? And that is motivating some people. I mean, people are motivated by different things. Robert Greene's Mastery talks about mirror neurons on page seven, where 
Particular motor command neurons allow us to experience a similar sensation in both doing and observing the same action as other people. This allows humans to put themselves in the place of another and perceive their movements as if they were doing them. Again, that is on page seven. There's an old Buddhist monk saying, now I, I get like, I'm trying to learn uh, day trading and it's, it just feels like I'm never going to understand it. I've been, I've been at it for six months now. I mean, uh, there's some consistency, I guess, but at this point, it just, it, it is so, and it's inevitable. There's, it, there's an old Buddhist monk saying, and I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, someone who is at their peak of frustration is about to reach the point of clarity. And I guess that's what hope is. I mean, learning also takes hope, I guess. But like I said, most importantly, the single most important tip is have a support system and watch other people do it. And I guess that's why YouTube is so valuable because you watch other people and you say to yourself, if they can do it, why the fuck can I do it? In closing, I would like to give you some closing words. I try to follow all of my own advice. I think our brains are a brilliant tool that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. In theory, the dolphins should be in charge, except for the fact that they are limited by their anatomy. Actually, the gorilla should be in charge. They're stronger and faster than us, and their brains aren't that much smaller than us. Anyways, that's not the point. What is the point? The point is, and I'm going to quote Dr. Reinhold Niebuhr, 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 nothing that is worth doing can be accomplished in your lifetime. And I agree with him. Obviously, that's why I'm quoting him. Our obligation to society is contributing to the advancement of humanity. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, I have a lot more to say on this subject, but for now, I'm going to leave you with that, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much.